Kelly, did you just uh, add another book to your recently acquired list? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I will answer no questions at this time. You know what you should read? You know what you should read? You know what you should read? It's time for What You Should Read, the podcast all about the titles you need. Join three book lovers and a guest as they cover all the best new titles to enjoy with your team. I have that, but I haven't read it yet. Hi, I'm Julia. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelly. And this is What You Should Read. The podcast where we should all over our books. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Helena Greer, author of Seasons of Love. Helena, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We are so excited to have you. Um, The book is so great, um, and we're really excited to talk to you about it. Um, but first, the first question we ask every guest on the show is, what are you currently reading? I am in the middle of, wait, I'm going to grab my Kindle and let's just sitting in front of me and look at it. <laughs> I um, want to, I just finished yesterday an advanced reader copy of the new Amanda Collins book, The mm-hmm. Spinster's Guide to something about a dupe, I think. Uh, Amanda Collins writes these historical mystery romances that are really fantastic. Um, so I finished that up last night. The Spencer's Guide to Danger and Dukes. Wow. Um, and that is adorable. I love Amanda. She's really wonderful. Um, and it's a really fun series. And this one was really excellent. Um, it had nice. a fake engagement, which is a favorite of mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> love that trope yeah also uh anything with spinster in the title is just gonna uh grab me because i'm sure there's some uh commentary on that <laughs> yes uh, amanda's books are really feminist and fun and they are about a group of women who run a newspaper column in regency england and um so they're very much out of the normal mold and um this one is about a woman who's been um, living under an assumed identity to flee an arranged marriage and her um, younger sister gets accused of murder. So she has to come back home and try to um, try to clear her younger sister's name. But um, the man who's going to help her is this very imperious Duke who she does not like at all, but he mm-hmm. is committed to helping her. And he is like, maybe we should pretend to be engaged and that'll help. Um he is. Oh, I love that. I love the premise of their, they're writing a newspaper column in Regency England. Um, you, you've hooked me. I'm going to, I'm going to check those out. <laughs> they're really good. This is the third one. So you've okay. got, um, and it's out, um, early next year, but it's on NetGalley. So perfect. Cool. Cool. Uh, I just happened to look and the first book in the series is three ninety nine on Kindle right now. Nice. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I am I am also hooked by that description. So. <laughs> Kelly, did you just uh, add another book to your recently acquired list? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I will answer no questions at this time. <laughs> I read this one in two or three hours, which I always feel bad about for authors because I know how long it takes to write a book. Um, but I also am a librarian for the past 15 years and I read a lot. So I read really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they are, they're really fast, fast paced. Well, you know, um, there's like a little murder and a little smooching, which is my favorite combination. (laughs) 
Murder and smooching. (laughs) Murder, smooching, and fancy dresses in the past is like my Mm -hmm. exact perfect Venn diagram. That's your wheelhouse. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize you were a librarian. Are you still working as a librarian? Are you full-time writing now? I am. I am a K-12 private school librarian, and I have been for the past 10 years or so, and it's the best gig in the world. And um, I would love to be able to afford to write full-time, but it is a blessing to get to do the most fun job, day job in the universe while I'm Awesome. Figuring out full-time. That's great. I feel like school librarians are so important for helping cultivate a love of reading. And um, I mean, I'm sure all three of us or all four of us were those kids that would go to the library and just like (laughs) get as many books out as possible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so speaking of fun books, your book is super fun. Um, we all loved it. Um, but for our listeners who haven't read it yet, can you give, um, maybe a quick elevator pitch or description of the book? Yes. I like to say that season of love is sort of like sweet magnolias if it were gay and Jewish. (laughs) Um, so it is like small town, really sweet, but kind of high drama. Um, It is a Hallmark-inspired queer rom-com about a chaotic Jewish bisexual artist who um, has not been home to her hometown in 10 years because of a fallout with her family. And she finds out that her great aunt has died and she has to go sit Shiva. And while she's there, she learns that she's inherited part of a Christmas tree farm. Um, and it's actually a Christmas land extravaganza. There's a Christmas themed inn and a Christmas festival and all of it is about to go bankrupt. And she has to work with the cousin she hasn't spoken to in 10 years and um, the very grumpy, very smoking hot butch tree farmer who has inherited the farm with her. And um, I think of it as being sort of an ode to all things Christmas tropey. The love interest's name is Noel Northwood. So very kitschy and tropey, but also um, really a book about whether we choose to face our trauma and process it and live in the present moment fully, or whether we choose to have sort of a half-lived life, mm-hmm. which is kind mm-hmm. of the problem that Miriam is wrestling with throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, she's built up a lot of walls um, and kind of plays it safe in the beginning. Yeah. Um, she is here against the Christmas tree farm and Christmas land extravaganza that the books are set on. There's a second one coming out next year. Um, and we would love for a third one to come out after that. Uh, mm-hmm. Is um, uh, a place for healing. And I think of all of the Kerrigan's books as having their own. Um, their own fairy tale and this one is um this one is sleeping beauty miriam's trying to decide if she's gonna stay awake or wake up oh yeah i love that rapunzel oh (laughs) oh that's perfect actually because i know who the next book is about (laughs) i i love how many feelings are in this book i really i love it Okay, so I know that, as as we just said, uh, the next book's about Hannah and Levi. Um, what would the third one be? I'm I'm very into this. So I don't. Say. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, to 
to be like really fair to my poor editor, um, <laughs> I've put in the pitch and um, she's said she's interested, but we haven't heard back from acquisitions yet. So like, um, I don't want to throw my poor editor under the bus if acquisition says no to this book. Um, but the pitch is for Tara's book. Oh, I love Tara. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the pitch cool. is a um, uh, road trip with a fake girlfriend to my ex's wedding. Oh, yes. wow. I just died. Yeah, <laughs> Going back died to Christmas joy. at Kerrigan's for Miriam and Noel's wedding and Tara has to bring a oh. fake girlfriend because she refuses to show up single. Oh, perfect. And Cole wants them to get together. So he puts them in a room with only one bed. Of course. Paul. <laughs> Cole would do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the pitch. And like, I'm, I'm sorry to my editor if, um, it doesn't, I'm sorry to everyone, me and, and everyone. If I, I hate to like, I don't want to put any pressure on them. Um, but I hope they buy it. And <laughs> how can they not? That's perfect. <laughs> um, we'll, I will call them and tell them they have to. <laughs> She's like, don't, no pressure. And we're like, no pressure. No, so pressure. much pressure. <laughs> Please, pressure. I, now that, now that the potential of this is there, I, I cannot go on without it becoming a book. <laughs> um, so for listeners, Tara is the icy blonde fiance who's wrong for the main character who shows up in like every Hallmark movie about having to go home to your hometown. And Tara is... I like to think of as um, Lemon Breland from Part of Dixie, if she were a lesbian lawyer, um, super put together, super bitchy, blonde, um, debutante, Southern debutante from Charleston with a lot of money and a lot of power and um, a lot of prickly, prickly, prickly cacti feelings on the outside um, and also the inside. (laughs) Um, And she's my favorite character in all of the Kerrigan's verse by far. I just always wonder when you watch those Hallmark movies, what happens to the fiance who's jilted? Right. I right. want to I always want to hear that story. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, while we're while we're throwing pressure around, I would also really love a hacking spinoff series with Cole. Because I think he could save the world. <laughs> I think so too. I I don't have any plans to write a Cole book mostly because I don't know what he does for a living. And I feel like it's too private for me to figure out. Like I would be getting in the middle of his privacy. So I get that. Uh, and you know, really, God knows what he would do if he felt that you were invading that privacy. Yes, correct. Correct. So I Cole, I fully intend if I get um enough books for him to get a background happy ending, but um he is a complicated character accidentally, and so he would be a hard nut to crack mm. book-wise. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> we see a lot of him. If we get a Tara book, we'll see a lot of him because he and Tara are um, best friends from childhood, from birth, um, mm. and have a lot of shared history. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the baggage that Tara is unpacking is shared with Cole. And Cole is kind of the only person who can help her unpack mm-hmm. it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, I know authors tend not to like the question, where do you get your ideas? But I'm still curious, what was the first idea for this book? Was it a character or a scene? Or did you maybe think of a line? Yeah. Um, so November 5th of 2018, which is the day before the 2018 midterms, 
I was stressed out and scared and um, watching Hallmark movies. And as we do, when we're trying to dissociate from our existential terror about the state of politics. And um, I got angry. I mean, it's from 2016 to 2020, I was kind of at like rage boil all the time. And so it didn't take a ton to rage boil over. And I started tweeting, hey, Lifetime. Um, I didn't, at the time, Hallmark didn't have any queer people at all in their movies. Um, so I didn't even think they would ever pick one up. But I said, hey, Lifetime, I've got a free movie idea for you. Here is the plot of a really easy queer holiday movie. I was like, girl moves home to her hometown. She has to save a Christmas tree farm. Um, the grouchy lumberjack is not into it. And, um, a friend of mine slid into my DMs and said, um, you're a writer. (laughs) Did you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I started it. She said, start a Google doc and add me to it and just start writing the story. And by the end of Christmas break, I had like a 40,000 word document. Um, And um, I really owe her a debt of gratitude. She said, it's got to be Jewish and it's got to take place from Sukkot to Tuba Shavat, which is the Jewish New Year in January or February, which is when when it, that's the time period that it takes place. Um, And so there are, um, those tweets are very different than what ended up being the book but it's also very much the beginning of season of love that's awesome i love that (laughs) gay rage on twitter um yep yep and that there's no there were no lesbians on twitter on on hallmark or bisexuals or anyone of a queer bent yeah I feel like there's still not a lot. I feel like uh-huh. did they have one, maybe one last year. Netflix has done one as well. Um, yes. Yeah, so there's sort of one um, on all of the channels. Lifetime did a very cute one last year. Mm, Lifetime. Um, and Hallmark has their first lead gay couple this year. This year. Oh, okay. Yes. Finally. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christmas sitter. Oh. I haven't. Yes, I don't know if it's any right. good. Great. Well, Kelly, did you have one more question? Or um, so I I know the title is not exactly the same, but was the title "Season of Love" inspired by Rent? It was. Um, the book was originally titled when I sold it. It was entitled "My First Noel." Um, oh. Which I think is really cute with Noelle's Mm -hmm. name Um, and um, our publicity and marketing department, who I adore, um, although I will probably to my deathbed be like, I kind of disagree with this decision. But I also think they're the best publicity and marketing department working in publishing right now. Um, Estelle and Dana and the publicity department at Forever is absolutely the best. So... um, I bow to their superior knowledge. They are the third biggest publisher in the world. They know something about selling books. Um, mm-hmm. So they said, we got to change the title of this. We feel like people will be confusing because like there's different ways to spell Noel. And when people try to Google it, you know, um, they said, we got to, mm-hmm. got to change the title of this. 
And we went back and forth with like just pages of lists of titles, me and my agent and um, my editors. And um, we couldn't, it was like naming a child, you know, Um, we just couldn't come with up with something that we were all happy with. And um, uh, finally I was like, look, this is an angsty queer millennial Christmas story. What if we name it after rent? Um, I am a huge rent head since I was a, a young gay in the early nineties. And, um, yeah, I, um, oh, I guess rent came out in the, the mid to late nineties, which is also when I came out, um, rent and I <laughs> together. Um, it was, rent was written right before protease inhibitors became, sort of normalized. Um, so everyone is dying in rent, even though like a couple of years later, protease inhibitors would become a big deal. I'm a sex educator on top of being a librarian. So <laughs> this is information that I keep in my head all of the time. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a book about grieving and and trauma and, you know, exennial queer angst. And so on top of being like very glittery and shiny and marshmallowy, um, it's both those things. So I thought this is perfect. And um, our publicity department went with it. And the hope was that every time you heard it, you would get a little Seasons of Love earworm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> and yeah. I yeah. love Rent as well. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so your bio on the book says that um, you like to take beloved tropes and turn them gay. So mm. what are some of your favorite uh, tropes in books? Um, we've talked about a few, like you mentioned the one bed thing that might come up in a book sure. if it gets optioned, but what are some tropes that you would like to see turned gay? So my favorite trope in the world is fake dating. Um, and I feel like there's always room for fake dating um, in any, anyone. Um, second chance, I think would be really interesting in my, my second book is second chance and it is queer um, because Levi is queer, but I also think that there's a lot of room for second chance in a more, um, traditional same gender story because there's such a smaller, like dating pool. Um, if you're only dating people of the same gender and often in queer communities, everyone has kind of dated each other and, I think it would be really interesting to see like people who dated, you know, early in their dating life and then broke up because it wasn't the right time or whatever and ended up staying friends and everybody dated everybody else in their friend group. And then as they get more into settled adulthood, realize that like they have the time is right for them. I think that that would be a really cool, very specifically queer way to do second chance. Um, I um love academic rivals to lovers I'm not a huge like enemies to lovers fan which is funny because season of love is like a we don't like each other to lovers um (laughs) but they don't have like a settled enemy ship they just sort of have some animosity um but I think that um like work rivals or academic rivals or anything where you're trying to one-up each other um would love to see that with like high-powered lesbian attorneys or I don't know, drag queens or whatever. Like I just, I think that there's a lot of, you know, uh, uh, there's just a lot of unexplored territory um, Mm -hmm. because there are so many fewer queer books. 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many, um, you know, communities and, and, um, yeah, that you're right. There's a lot of unexplored territory there. Mm-hmm. And lesbic, um, which is kind of its own separate set of tropes, right? They do a lot of like celebrity romance and age gap and like one person is rich. And um, I love all of those. I love lesbic very much. But I think there are a lot of tropes that have historically been more heterosexual that um, you could queer in very interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. Cool. Um, so our podcast um, is, you know, it's called What You Should Read. So it's mainly a book recommendation podcast. So besides Season of Love, do you have any recommendations for us of what we should read? Yeah, um, I uh, obviously I always want to shout out the other holidays who are the other people with queer holiday romances coming out this year. Yes, um, so Timothy Janowski's um, You're a Mean One, Matthew Prince, which is phenomenal. Oh. <laughs> and yes. it's so good. Um, it's very, it's very, very, very um, Schitt's Creek, like very spoiled rich boy ends up in this small town with no money. And he is, um, you know, as sort of like whiny as entitled as David Rose's when we first meet him in Schitt's Creek. And then he sort of learns the meaning of Christmas and has his heart grown three sizes. And um, it's really spectacularly done. And um, Kiss Her Once For Me by Alison Cochran. And um, In the Event of Love by Courtney Kay. Um, and um, uh, How to Excavate a Heart by Jake Maya Arlo which is a YA, but it's sort of new adult because the characters are in college. Um, and that one, um, I love very much. I beta read it and I helped come up with the title and Jake is a really close friend. And um, it's about a young woman who's like done with romance. And then she runs into the girl of her dreams with her mom's Subaru, like literally runs into her with her mom's Subaru. <laughs> and um she has an internship um, over winter break with the um, Smithsonian Museum of Natural Science. She studies fossilized fish. So it's like just really cool. I love weird jobs. I love mm-hmm. romance novels. Characters have weird jobs. Um, and then I'm always trying to just type like less white holiday romances because the ones that have big publishing contracts this year are real white. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I'm a huge fan of Mika James's Being Mary. Um, and I love, um, Katrina Jackson has one in her small town series, um, that is MMS. Um, I mean, everything Katrina Jackson has ever written is queer and fantastic. Um, but, um, specifically from like a queer holiday standpoint, um, and I think it's called her Christmas cookie. Um, (laughs) And um, Ariana Ariana Herrera has um, several mangoes and mistletoe being the the longest one, um, which is about two women in a um, a cooking contest. So um, yeah, there's some really great some really great queer holiday romances out there that are um, not tra- just traditionally published. Those are some cool. favorites. This is so exciting. And um, we are, we are actually doing every year we do like a 
48 hour readathon type thing around the holidays. Um, and this, this year it's the weekend of December 3rd. So mm-hmm. should heads mark your calendars. Um, and I feel like I'm going to try to get some of these for that readathon because <laughs> those all sound great. Yep. They're really good. So I'm a fan. Um, also Therese Bahari, who's my favorite writer in the entire universe. Um, just had a new book come out called, um, the ghost in shining armor, which is about a woman who kisses a ghost and she can see ghosts and no one else can. And he turns into a real person and they have to fake date to explain his presence in her life. And, um, everything Therese writes is gold. She's never written that book. And, um, just, I am excited that she's doing these lightly paranormal books. The one before it is about this main character's sister. And she's a romance novelist who dreams her um, plots into being. And then she wakes up and they've started coming true. But Mm. um, the love interest, they start co-dreaming them. Mm. And they're having some some very spicy co-dreams. And then the (laughs) books are becoming real. So, Mm. Wow. Well, this is great. Thank you for these great recommendations. And thank you again for joining us. Um, It was so lovely having you on the podcast. Where can our listeners um, find you and follow you on social media? So the best place to go to find all of my, um, my things is helenagreer.com. You can also find me for the moment on Twitter, unless Twitter stops existing soon at um, bloom again, curios, which is B L U M again, curios. And that's also my at on Insta. I will probably soon add like a Mastodon and a Tumblr just to sort of hedge my bets as the social media (laughs) landscape changes. Mm -hmm. But um, for now, if you go to helenagreer.com, it has links to all the places you can find me. And you can sign up for my newsletter where I send out about once a month an update on what's happening at Kerrigan's right now. Oh, cool. <laughs> Literally just like what would be happening if we oh, were at right now. That's perfect. Awesome. That's great. Some updates on Kringle, the magical cat who lives at Kerrigan's. And- I love Kringle. He's my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, Actually, favorite. Noelle is my favorite character, but <laughs> Kringle is a close second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you again. This was so much fun. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And if you haven't already, you can get Season of Love on Libro FM. If you don't have an account, use promo code WYSR, and you can get two books for the price of one your first month. Yes, and be sure to follow the podcast on social media. We are WYSR underscore podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can email us at whatyoushouldreadpodcast at gmail.com. And please leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And now you know what you should read. You're welcome. Go to sleep, Michelle. You know what you should read. You know what you should read. You know what you should read. It's time for what you should read. The podcast all about the titles you need. Join three book lovers and a guest as they cover all the best new titles to enjoy with your tea. I have that, but I haven't read it yet.